Good afternoon and welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community. Your host is Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. This hour is designed to inspire, inform, and to help you live better with cancer. Now, here's your host, Kim Tibaldo. Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Cancer, an internet radio show that focuses on informing and inspiring people to live well with cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo, CEO of the Cancer Support Community. For more than 35 years, we at the Cancer Support Community have been a relentless ally for anyone impacted by cancer. We help individuals manage the realities of this disruptive disease and get back to normal. Whether accessing our free services in person at one of our 175 locations online or through our toll-free helpline, you are getting a team of licensed professionals providing patient navigation, financial counseling, genetic counseling, pediatric support, and more. Well, I'm sure I'm going to sound like a broken record, but I have to say it again. It is a true privilege to interview individuals whose response to living with cancer is inspiring, powerful, and unexpected. Today, I'm thrilled to introduce you to Efrat Roman, whose experience living with this devastating diagnosis led her to business ideas that she has developed to make the world a better place for women facing a breast cancer diagnosis. Fueled by her own experience and inspired by the women she has met along her journey, Efrat is an unapologetic entrepreneur, survivorpreneur, if you will. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Efrat. She's an entrepreneur and inventor, a breast cancer advocate who has become an esteemed expert for the well-being of women dealing with breast cancer. In the course of her treatment, Efrat underwent a double mastectomy, followed immediately by reconstruction that failed, and an additional four breast surgeries afterwards. During the long periods of treatment, surgeries, and recovery, she faced many challenges. She looked online for solutions to her ever-changing needs, but was not satisfied with what she found. Efrat is the founder of two companies, CureDiva.com and EasyBroad.net. CureDiva.com was the first ever website devoted to providing fashion-forward products lifestyle tips, and a strong support system for women facing a breast cancer diagnosis. Easy Bra is her current business venture and was founded in 2014. Easy Bra is the first and only post-op disposable compression bra designed to improve the recovery experience from any breast cancer surgery. Uh, Easy Bra's mission is to improve the lives of patients and allow them to recover with dignity. Welcome to the show, Efrat. Hello, Kim, and thank you so much for having me in your show. Absolutely. So let's dive in, uh, Efrat. Your cancer diagnosis didn't come entirely out of the blue. Unfortunately, many people in your family have been diagnosed with cancer. Can you tell us about uh, some of that family medical history? Oh, certainly. So, so actually, when I go to my uh, routine checkups in the oncogenetic uh, department, um, the the chief of the department usually takes me for a walk around and shows everybody the the house model, uh, because in our family uh, the statistics are one out of one. My grandmother had four sisters, uh, and which all were affected by breast and or ovarian cancer. My mother was diagnosed with breast cancer. Uh, and I was diagnosed um, just and and we all were diagnosed between the ages of 38 to 42 Wow well wow. how did that knowledge um, and that experience and that background really affect your choices and attitudes towards your own 
medical care? Did that lead you to be watched more closely, to be tested early? Was it just another thing, you know, in a long line of things? You know, what, did it impact uh, how you were approaching some of these issues? Well, I guess I, it, I guess it did because I, I was never, you know, walking another path of someone that doesn't have it in her family. So I, I don't know how would it uh, impact me if I wasn't. Uh, but what I know is that when my mom was diagnosed and I was only 15, um, I, and it was years before they, you know, they, they found the, the BRCA mutation, um, I went to the GAN for the first time in my life, walked into his office, said, well, listen, my grandmother had breast cancer, now my mother has it, it's in my genes, and I need to get checked. So I actually started my checkup routine at the age of 15, so I guess I was always very aware of the, the high risk that I uh, was at, but still, I guess that, you know, when once it hit me, I was probably as surprised and devastated as anyone else. Yeah, I guess so, right? Even knowing that you had that high chance or that higher risk of being diagnosed with cancer, it must still have been a shock to hear those words. You have cancer. I'm, it was it was heartbreaking and it was surprising and it was shocking. All and and you know it, it's funny because. I, you know, I used to do yoga and to be vegetarian, and I thought I was handling my risks very, very, very carefully. Uh, but still, you know, genetics is probably stronger than um, diet. And uh, once I heard I had cancer, I uh, felt that I needed all the information, all the support, and... I felt that they had no tool to start even approaching what it brought with it. Although my mom is the 30-year uh, volunteer, this is what she's doing. Women are getting the diagnosis and are uh, overwhelmed. And then they, you know, she, she comes in and she explains whatever there is about the diagnosis, about the terms that are being used, about the, the treatment options and so on. And still, when I had to call her to ask what's next, I was like, oh, but I don't want to talk to my mom about it. Uh, and, uh, and I guess until I really started asking her for the information, which I'm sure she gave me, um, you know, I, I think that I got the the worst uh, support that she ever gave anyone because she was so overwhelmed and devastated. So, um, yeah, going online like anyone else was one of the first thing I did. Yeah, yeah. That Dr. Google can be pretty scary, right? <laughs> yeah, but reality can also be that scary. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Ephraim, in my introduction, I, I briefly mentioned uh, the treatment plan that you underwent, but can you take time for our listeners to walk us through the course of treatment that your doctors recommended, um, and then we'll, we'll dive into some of the challenges that you face through that? Sure. Um, so, um, because of uh, because I'm a BRCA uh, gene uh, BRCA one uh, gene mutation carrier, uh, I had a triple negative tumor tumors. Um, 
I had three tumors in my right breast, which led to um, recommendation to have a mastectomy at least on that side. But because of the gene mutation, because the the triple negative tumors were very aggressive, the recommendation was to have a double mastectomy with an immediate reconstruction, and uh, that, as you said. Uh, the reconstruction failed, and then I had another four surgeries. But then, after the the surgical part, I had um, uh, an adjuvant chemotherapy treatment as well. Got it. Got it. So, as you prepared to begin your cancer treatment, you know what what was going through your mind? What challenges, you know, did you expect? What difficulties did you anticipate? Was there fear? Was there, you know, talk to us about the emotion of that. So I think that, um, you know, uh, cancer is always about life threat and and uh, I, I think that in that uh, mode I was like, you know, I, I was very, very scared of uh, having chemotherapy. I was very scared of losing my hair. Um, I was uh, very scared of the side effects of chemo especially. But somehow everything that had to do with the surgical part um, seemed to be the easiest part. I mean, uh, two week, two and a half weeks after my diagnosis, I was already walking into the OR, and um, and and in those two and a half weeks, I met with um, you know breast surgeons, plastic surgeons, uh, um, heard a lot about. Uh, the the miracles of reconstruction, and uh, I guess uh, no one uh, told me or made sure I understand how complicated, how hard, how uh, impactful the surgery is going to be. So I guess that before surgery, losing my hair seemed to be much more scary than losing my breast, which eventually seemed to be very funny because my hair grew back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even with everything happening around you, some of these unexpected challenges, um, you know, you really advocated for yourself. So, So, you know, what questions were you asking of the medical team, how were you a- advocating for yourself? What were the challenges, the unexpected challenges that you were, you know, facing at that time? Um, I guess something about the approach, about uh, uh, reconstruction seemed to be very weird to me because I remember going into one of the plastic surgeons that I went to, met, to meet and he, you know, to, to understand about the... the uh, options that I have for reconstruction and the surgeon just sat there talking to me about you know getting my natural beloved breast removed and replaced by um, you know implants and he was looking at me and saying to me well you could have the breast you always dreamed of and I remember looking at him and saying um, healthy ones I mean, you know, it seemed so surreal, you know, sitting there in front of a 40-year woman uh, and and 40-year-old woman and saying to her something, I never wanted any other breasts rather than mine. I really like them. (laughs) (laughs) 
um, Efrat, we're quickly getting to the break here, sure. but um, I, I didn't mention in my introduction, but you have no formal business training. You're an artist. So what gave you the courage to believe that as an artist <laughs> you could successfully start a, a, you know, a business that could provide some solutions? So I guess being an artist made me you know, made me clueless enough not to understand what I was going to do to myself, and uh, eventually I'm very happy about it. But I think the thing was, I you know I found things broken and I knew how to fix them, and I was fearless because I knew that those things are much needed, not only for me, but for everybody else I was talking to. And I was talking to hundreds of patients and survivors that seemed to be affected the same way and seemed to be wanting the same, um, yeah. the same that I wanted. Yeah, yeah. We're going to take a break here. This is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Thiebaudot. Our, our episode today is brought to you in part by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Insight. We are talking to Efrat Roman, who is the founder and CEO uh, of EasyBra. I will also um, mention that the cancer support community are advisors to uh, EasyBra. So we do have a relationship uh, with the company, and we've uh, learned quite a deal, quite a, quite a great deal through this process. Um, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Thibodeau. We've got a lot to talk about with Efrat Roman. Don't go away. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. People living with breast cancer often find it difficult to ask for help, and many of the people in their lives want to help but don't know how. During National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Cancer Support Community is proud to support Meal Trains sponsored by Magnolia, which utilizes Mealtrain.com, a free shared online calendar to streamline the process of giving and receiving meals for families coping with breast cancer. Help us reach our goal of 1,000 new breast cancer-specific meal trains this October. To learn more, visit Mealtrain.com slash MMT and enter the code MAGNOLIAB or visit us at CancerSupportCommunity.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, 
Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Today's episode is being brought to you in part by Celgene, Lilly Oncology, and Merck. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. With us today is cancer survivor, entrepreneur, inventor, and breast cancer advocate, Efrat Roman. Um, Efrat, in the last thing that we talked about some of the challenges you faced post-surgery while in the hospital, and we can expand on that um, uh, a little bit, certainly. And then you also continued to face some challenges um, when you went home. You know, for those of our listeners who are not necessarily familiar with the post-surgery realities of a breast cancer patient, can you um, walk us through what you needed to do to take care of yourself and what some of those challenges were? Yes, I would say happily, but this is not making me happily whatsoever. So, uh, yes. So, actually... Um, you could think that 13 million breast procedures that are being performed annually would lead to some kind of standard of care or to some designated dressing that was designed to meet the breast and the post-op breast uh, uh, requirements. But then the reality, the unbelievable reality is that uh, women wake up covered with all kind of products and improvisations, something for the absorption of uh, the, the bleeding and the ooze, something to cover uh, the surgical sites, some, uh, a, a bra that is supposed to give the compression and the support. Uh, when implants are involved, so there, there are probably... Uh, elastic straps and ace bands that are being used to stabilize the, the implants. There are drains coming out of the armpits that are usually not connected to anything and if and, and if they are it's with safety pins. So it at the most sensitive time that a woman has with her femininity and her body image, women who already are very, very scared from what they're going to miss uh, after their breast is being removed or just, you know, damaged in, in so many ways, are women are forced to, to wake up to a really... Um, I, I think that humiliating is the only word that comes to mind mm-hmm. um, in, in a time that you could expect that everybody would be so sensitive to helping women to feel like they're still beautiful and they're still whole and, and uh, still sexy and their bodies are still their own. And I think that not only that those solutions are so bad and and not designated and and with no uh, thought of convenience and and so on. One of the worst thing is that they force women at such a, a very 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 fragile stage to need to request someone else's help for every dress's changing. Um, yeah, let, let, yeah. Yeah, yeah I want to talk about that a little bit because, I mean, you know, as CEO of this organization, I, uh, yeah, I can't support community. I have the chance to speak to patients and their loved ones from all around the country. And one thing that's clear to me is cancer is certainly a family disease. You know, everyone around the patient is impacted. I want to go back to the story that you told me that, um, 
you know, your mother, who herself is a breast cancer survivor, moved in with you to help you care for yourself. And you also shared how most really emotionally difficult it was for you because you felt like you had lost your independence, but also, you know, for your mother, who was on the front lines with you, um, so to speak. Tell us what that time and experience was like for you both. So I think this is uh, certainly one of the the, pain, the most painful times that we can both think of when we're thinking about the, the time of treatments and, and uh, post-op and everything because uh, my mom is a very tough person and when she was uh, going through her uh, breast cancer journey, I remember uh, that in, in, in times when she was not feeling um, powerful enough to be in front of her kids, you know, we, we, we will just see the, the closed door and know that somewhere, um, you know, somewhere there, my mom is, is probably having some hard time, but she never exposed yeah. it. And when I was going through this and I really, I couldn't lift my arms, I... I raised two kids alone, so and then they were ten and oh, twelve and, and eight. So I really needed my mom uh, to move in with me. But so everything seemed to be working very good. We would cooperate in everything in in all the daily matters. But then whenever I had to go to take a shower and change my dresses and dressings. I remember, you know, I, I'd, I'd wait and I, I, I'm talking about it right now and, and my stomach is aching because I, I remember how awful I felt every day to come to her and say, I want to take a shower and I need you to stand beside me and hold my drains while I take my shower because mm. I couldn't do anything else with my drains. And, you know, having to expose myself, um, you know, as a 40-year-old yeah. uh, yeah. is one thing. But then having to expose myself when my body looks dehumanized. You know, I was bruised. I had uh, the, the drains coming out of me. I was so painful I couldn't stand straight. And... I know for my mom to just, you know, standing there having to move her her head so I don't see that she stares at me. And I didn't want to look at myself. And when I was standing in front of the mirror, I would want to die. And she would stand there really trying hard not to stare at me or at the mirror or at anything else. But then she had to wrap me with the ace band and with the bandages and everything and we would just, at a certain point, we would just, one of us would start weeping and then the other would just join in a minute. But still, this is, you know, I'm naked, she's standing there. It's not even a time when you just want to put your head on her shoulders and cry because everything was so too uh, intimate and too exposed and, and too painful for both. Yeah. Yeah, very intense, very emotional. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, at front, we've been having a pretty serious conversation so far, but life often uh, serves up some humor, even in the darkest of times. So uh, along with being an artist, it turns out you're a bit of a MacGyver. I don't know if you had that TV show in Israel, but 
we always used to joke that MacGyver <laughs> could save the world with like duct tape, a rubber band, and bubble gum. You know, so with a bubble gum, to, yeah, of course. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. So you have to share with our <laughs> listeners how you created the first, uh, the very first uh, uh, easy bra. I know there was a little rigging involved, but it's a true testament to your uh, your determination and your ingenuity. So, so first, I want to say that no bubble gum was involved because easy bra contains no uh, gum and no adhesives. Uh, uh, so just to make that good one to know, clear. Good disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, but um, actually, you know, I woke up covered with this huge tape that caused horrible allergic reaction that caused a skin injury that caused infection. So it was clear to me that this is not a good solution, you know, uh, having tapes uh, on the sensitive skin of the breast. And I couldn't, and then the bra was so uncomfortable and was getting stained and oozed and disgusting. So it was clear, to, I was like, I don't understand how come there's no dressing, which is a bra, which is a dressing. So what I did is I went to the CVS, I got the biggest uh, dressing that was nice and won't adhere to the skin, to the incision that I could find. And then I went and got this um, disposable tablecloth, a black disposable tablecloth. And I cut two um, uh, circles from the tablecloth and I put it on the uh, dressing and then I cut the dressing accordingly and I saw them and I used some uh, elastic uh, strap from uh, baby diapers. Oh my goodness. To attach it, you know, to create the straps. <laughs> and this is the first prototype that EasyBra had. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely sounds MacGyver-esque, for sure. <laughs> well, it, it, it was. It was kind of embarrassing, macgyver but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Efra, we've got a couple minutes till our next break, but um, I wanted to talk to you for, for a moment about what seems to be an underlying mission or theme in both of your business ventures you've pursued since your diagnosis, that the idea of recovering with dignity, can you tell us why this more than anything is, is the North Star that really drives your activities? Uh, well, firstly, because I'm not a scientist, otherwise I'd probably be searching for uh, uh, some kind of prevention of breast cancer or cancer in general. But uh, I think that the the biggest gap that I have found, because we all know, you know, breast cancer is a disease that has great PR. We have a, a October, the month of breast cancer awareness, and there are, there's a lot of awareness and, and a lot of research uh, and so on and so on. But what amazed me was the fact, you know, breast cancer um, effects and, and damages our uh, sense of being a woman. And I think that this is uh, an underserved aspect of, of this disease because 82.5% of women that were diagnosed with breast cancer would suffer from PTSD syndromes. This is based on, on a German study from 2016. And I think that this number is beyond uh, uh, amazing. I mean, 82.5% means that this disease impacts, uh, uh, you know, the patients in other ways that other cancers do. And I think that the difference is because 
breast cancer has to do with the breast, which is the organ that yeah. uh, defines us as yeah. female, as women, as, as yeah. you know. Uh, and yeah. I think that approaching this aspect and, and taking care of how women feel about themselves, yeah. about their bodies, yeah. about their sexuality during yeah. this time is a very, very, very Agree. important aspect. Agree. Agree. Efrat, we're going to take a quick break here, uh, and uh, we have more to discuss with Efrat. We'll be right back. At Lilly Oncology, we know people living with metastatic breast cancer, or MBC, deserve more. More can be done for the mothers, daughters, sisters, wives and partners facing the unique challenges of this advanced disease, and every moment counts. While there has been progress made over the last few years in distinguishing MBC and bringing forward new treatment options, there is still more to be done to truly support the women and men living with this disease every day so they can continue to be there for family and friends. Lilly Oncology is focused on raising more awareness through education, more research, and more dedicated solutions to help empower people living with this disease. Because together, we know we can do more for MBC. This content is selected by the Cancer Support Community and is funded in part by Eli Lilly and Company. Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Magnolia Meals at Home, a new pilot program that aims to help patients by providing nourishing meals to households affected by breast cancer so loved ones can spend more quality time together. This program is currently available in and around two pilot cities, Andover, Massachusetts and Woodcliffe Lake, New Jersey. Participants will receive one delivery of meals every month for up to six months when enrolled in the program. Each delivery includes up to seven meals designed to help meet the nutritional needs of people living with breast cancer and 10 meals for family members. This novel program is brought to you by the Azi Women's Oncology Program, Magnolia. Cancer Care, the Cancer Support Community, and Meals on Wheels Association of America. To find out if you or loved ones are eligible, visit online at www.magnoliamealsathome.com or call 617-733-5848. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. Welcome back to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm your host, Kim Tibaldo. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Azi, Gilead, Janssen Biotech, and Pfizer Oncology. We're joined today by Efrat Roman, a breast cancer advocate, inventor, and entrepreneur. Efrat is also an expert for the well-being of women dealing with breast cancer. Um, so, Efrat, your first business venture was the online store and community, uh, CureDiva.com. What was your goal in creating that? You know, what was your vision? What needs were you addressing there? So, uh, one of the things that I found out that amazed me during uh, the time that I was lying in bed uh, post-chemo and the side effects kept surprising and attacking on a daily basis 
um, you know, I was amazed to see that although one out of eight will, you know, be facing exactly the same challenges that I do, there's nowhere out there on the internet, you know, that would tell me, okay, uh, lady with breast cancer, you are, you are just diagnosed. Next step is surgery, chemo, uh, radiation, doesn't matter. This are, these are the, the side effects that you're going to suffer from, and here are some advice from others who've been there, and some great products to help you deal with those side effects. And although I was, you know, looking and searching everywhere for those solutions, I found great solutions, but they were everywhere, no, nowhere that curated them into one site or, or uh, made them accessible for someone who's overwhelmed with details and side effects and, and fears and so on and so on, that just wants to get the, the you know, very, very um, simple information, very, very um, uh, straightforward tips from others and products. So EasyBra was actually, um, sorry, CureDiva was actually um, a, a very, very um, dedicated uh, community uh, divided by the, the different stages of, of uh, treatment and uh, with the products that would meet the, the challenges of each of the phases. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I want to, I wanted, I know CureDiva was your first venture, but I do, I want to jump ahead to EasyBra because I know you're in sort of exciting times right now um, with EasyBra. And I know you had that in the back of your mind, um, even while you were working on CureDiva, uh, especially for you explaining to us how you rigged your first, uh, you know, homemade, uh, homemade EasyBra. <laughs> um, so explain to our listeners what is EasyBra and, and from a business perspective, you know, what, Again, what gap, what opportunity were you thinking about when you decided to kind of develop and launch EasyBra? So, um, as I said before, there are, very, there are a lot of requirements that are arising from all, uh, all kind of breast procedures, and it doesn't matter if we're talking about biopsies and, and until the most complicated uh, reconstruction, a breast is an organ with a very certain shape, so it needs something to meet the, the shape of the breast, but with breast cancer, most of the patients will suffer from some kind of asymmetry, so they they need something that can adjust to uh, a lot of conditions of the breast underneath. And then, um, you know, it's a surgical site, so it needs to be clean, it needs to be sterile, it needs to be absorbent. It, we, we, it was clear that it, it has to be without adhesive because they, they cause so much allergic reactions and skin injuries. Uh, and there are, again, so many challenges that are arising from this. And EasyBra is actually the first ever uh, sterile and disposable post-op bra. So it's uh, meant for one day um, use. So it's absorbing, it gives the support, it does everything that, it has a great solution for any challenge that arrives with those uh, surgeries. It has special straps to hold the drains um, and it's very, very adjustable and soft and it was designed for a patient to be able to uh, replace EasyBra easily and by themselves independently. 
So, so don't women, when they have surgery, get post-surgical bras, like fabric bras? So most of them do. Some of them are sent to buy it by themselves. But the problem, the, the main problem with those bras is that bras are not meant to be dressings or, or you know, uh, um, pads or gauze. And, and they're not, bras are not supposed to be covering an, a surgical site. So what happens is they, the bras are applied uh, on the breast, usually with something, you know, with some absorbing and, and uh, clean uh, uh, garment to cover the incision, uh, the incision site and to absorb the, the fluids and, and exudates coming out of the, the surgical site. But what happens is that the bras are getting stained and filthy. And uh, when we're speaking about patients that suffer from asymmetry post-op, and when we're talking about breast cancer, so many, many of us will suffer from extreme asymmetry. So the pre-molded cups of the, those bras are creating compression and uh, support for everything but the incision site, which seems to be kind of ridiculous because if this is where the compression needs to go, so what does it help me that the healthy breast on the other side is being, you know, uh, um, stressed into a compression bra? So Easy Bra is really very, very adjustable to any shape underneath. And uh, since it's disposable and so easy to apply, um, it gives a great solution to the patients and as well as to the surgical team and the OR team because the, the easy application is um, reducing the time in the OR post-op, you know, what, today when they have to wrap a patient post-op, you'd need a lot of team members, someone to hold, someone or, or two members to hold the patient sitting so they can wrap her. And instead of all this, um, you know, uh, of all of those uh, uh, actions with EasyPro, you just pull it and and attach the, the Velcro tips and the, this is it. Yeah, yeah. And I know, so Ephra, you've really described it in a way that, that I think people can maybe start to envision it. And I know that you've talked about this being a real practical solution, but I know that you also have a, a sort of a humanitarian mission in mind when it comes to this, uh, this product. Tell us your thinking about that. Okay, so I, I think this this aspect is maybe you know may, maybe this is my my real uh, engine uh, because of the the great impact that breast cancer has on uh, women's feelings about themselves and about their bodies and and uh, their self esteem. One of the most important things for us was to create uh, a bra that looks like, you know, very elegant and, and clean and uh, to give the patient a sense of femininity and, and beauty and to help her feel that she hasn't lost anything uh, about her, um, you know, about her femininity and, and to make her feel that she's in control of everything that is happening to her. And I know that one of the things that 
amazed me more than anything else is that when I was trying to look for better solutions than the ones I was covered with, and I realized that worldwide there is no standard of care on how women post-breast surgeries are supposed to be uh, treated or dressed or, or covered. There's no standard for the amount of compression. There's no standard on the length of, of uh, how long should there be drained or, or, or covered or supported and so on. So um, what happens is most of the surgeons would just do as they were told when they were students. You know, I was asking surgeons, so why is this the method that you're using? And so many of them were, you know looking at me and you saw this is the first time they ever think about why do they do it like this and not any other way yeah. and most of them just answered because this is the way I was trained now I'm talking about you know 50 to 60 year old guys uh, mostly guys um, that you know they they improved in so many other uh, uh, things. So why, how come they never thought about the well-being? I mean, I know they do, they, they put so much effort in, in, you know, getting the best outcomes out of, out of those surgeries. And they really want their patients to feel good about themselves and, and to be confident. But then they send, their, they send them home covered with this horrible, horrible solutions that are so humiliating and disgusting for the patients. I mean, yeah. I think that the word disgusting was one of, I, I never heard it so much as when I started asking women, how did they feel about the way they were covered? And so many women were using the word, I was disgusted by their own bodies. And mm -hmm. this at this so sensitive phase and and this is something that surgeons and and the, the medical system in general must uh, apply to and and must uh, pay attention to because I know nobody intends to make women feel that bad sure. about themselves sure they're just not plugged in at that time and very 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 quickly Efra because we're coming to the break here I'm assuming you've, you've talked to surgeons uh, uh, about this. Just quickly, do they like it? Yes, no? They loved it. The, their most frequent uh, um, answer when they see Easy Bra is, how come nobody thought about it before? Well, there you go. Well, that's what makes you uh, a very special woman. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our show is brought to you today in part by Pharmacyclics and the company, Takeda Oncology and to Sara, We have um, more to discuss with Efrat Roman about this um, incredible uh, experience and wonderful um, invention to make the lives of, of women with best, breast cancer uh, post-surgery better, easier, smoother, and with much more dignity. We're going to take a quick break right here. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Effective cancer treatment requires more than just medication or surgery. For the country's 12 million cancer survivors and their loved ones, the social and emotional challenges of adapting to life with cancer are ongoing. How to handle co-workers' questions, how to get comfortable with new physical realities, how to reassure worried family members, or explain to friends your priorities have changed. The Cancer Support Community is ready to help by providing free counseling, education, and hope for survivors and their caregivers. 
Whether online or at over 100 locations around the world, the Cancer Support Community is ready to offer the support you need to live a better life with cancer. For more information on support groups, publications, nutrition, exercise programs, and more, call 1-888-793-9355 or visit us online at www.cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org. The Cancer Support Community, a global network of education and hope. Cancer, it's a lonely word. Terms I don't understand. Choices I never thought I'd have to make. But there is hope and help. Support from cancer survivors. Links to research and clinical trials. Help with finances and access to care. All behind you at Breakaway from Cancer. Created by Amgen to empower cancer patients. The Cancer Support Community is proud to be a partner of Breakaway from Cancer. Hi, I'm Nick Nicolaitis, President and CEO of Morphotech, and we're delighted to be a sponsor of Cancer Support Community's Frankly Speaking About Cancer series. Morphotech and its parent company, Azi, are committed to human health care, and we recognize that patients and their families are the most important participants in the health care process. We salute our global advocacy partners who are devoted to improving the lives of people touched by cancer every day. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer with the Cancer Support Community, an inspirational program offering the resources you need to live a better life with cancer. Now here's your host, Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community. You're listening to Frankly Speaking About Cancer. Our episode today is brought to you in part by Agios, uh, Estellas Pharma U.S., Janssen Oncology, Taiho Oncology, and Veristem Oncology. I'm your host, Kim Tebaldo. We've been having a fantastic conversation with cancer survivor, inventor, and entrepreneur, Efrat Roman. By the way, I love this description of you from your LinkedIn page, uh, Efrat, a feminist, perfectionist, curious, faithful, and chronic optimist. <laughs> That's terrific. <laughs> That's, That's me. Terrific. I love it. I love it. And I agree. That is you. Um, uh, Efrat, still a lot we have to talk about and only a few minutes left together. But um, I want to jump to uh, October. I know you have a special campaign going on during the month of October. Tell our listeners uh, about it and if there's a, there's a website or a place you can send them for more information. Great. Thank you so much for asking. So uh, actually what we, you know, Breast Cancer Awareness always calls us to do all kinds of things uh, that are supposed to help breast cancer patients, but um, eventually most of them would not affect directly the lives of patients. So bringing Easy Bra to market, we realized that we really want to impact patients' lives and as soon as possible would be great. So we partnered with some of the leading uh, cancer support organization, just like Cancer Support Community, uh, that we're lucky to be partnering with and we're honored to be partnering with. And uh, we're calling everybody, all your listeners and everybody else, to go uh, to our website and to gift and to, to our website at easybra.net, which is ezbra.net, uh, and to gift an easy bra so they can purchase an easy bra that will be uh, gifted to a patient pre-op 
so she can use it directly after the operation and 10% of, uh, of the proceeds will be donated to the organization they choose. So I urge all the listeners to go online to easybra.net to gift an easybra and to choose Cancer Support Community as their society of donation and will be more than honored to give the bras to patients and to give the, the proceeds to the Cancer Support Community for your great work. That's wonderful, Efrat. Thank you so much and thanks for thinking of that, thinking of us in that campaign and we're happy to be um, a part of it and to spread, um, to spread the good word. Um, I just want to go back for a minute um, uh, just to, for a minute or two, I've read about the process of bringing Easy Bra to the market. Did you have to work with the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration? Has it, you know, are there sort of approvals associated with it? Was it a daunting process? So uh, the process was long and very, very fascinating because, first of all, we made a very deep research speaking to hundreds of, of patients and survivors and, um, you know, just collecting all their experience, all their feedback, what they wish they would have, and then trying to implement it into the prototype. After we knew that we had a good enough solution for the patient, we started speaking to surgeons and nurses um, to get their feedback and to implement it to the product. And during all this time, we were researching other uh, advanced wound care products. So we were searching for materials that were already used uh, for advanced wood, uh, wound care um, products. So we don't have to go through the, the full process of, of uh, getting approved by the FDA. Uh, but we made a lot of lab tests and, and uh, other uh, procedures that were followed by other products that were already approved by the FDA and that way we could just declare. Uh, so we are listed to the FDA, of course, because this is a, a sterile uh, uh, dressing. Um, and um, it was a very interesting and, and uh, um, teaching process. Um, and I think that doing it by the book, you know, bringing it, uh, bringing uh, an advanced wound care uh, product to the market um, makes us very proud because we know it's not only the design that works, but we also created something that medically is going to um, impact and improve the, the recovery of patients. Yeah, wonderful. Um, as we come to the close of the show, Efrat, um, do you have any words of advice or encouragement for our listeners? Maybe there's somebody dealing today with a breast cancer diagnosis, or maybe there's somebody like you, you know, who through their own experience have had an idea, have a, you know, they have a thought about something that might be able to change the world um, for the better and have a positive uh, uh, impact, and maybe they think, oh, you know, I don't have the right background for that. I'm not a business person. Um, so, so sort of parting words of inspiration for our listeners up front. So I think that, firstly, if, if you know, if you feel that you find a good solution that can help others, firstly, go out and ask others, are they suffering from the same problem? And is your solution um, appealing to them? And if the answer you get is yes, just go for that. It doesn't matter where you come from because in many of the cases, people that 
uh, come from, it's their area and, and their space, would come with very, very structured uh, way to approach the, the problems. I mean, the fact that most of the surgeons are looking at EasyBra and saying, how come nobody thought about it before is because they are so, uh, you know, they, they see straightforward in that and, and they look for, um, you know, surgical outcomes. And, and this is something that, would you know, it was just in their blind spot. So if you happen to notice something in what seems to be a blind spot, a blind spot to the rest of the world, just shed a great light on it and go for it. <laughs> Wonderful. I think those are wonderful words uh, of advice for our listeners, uh, Efra, and I really do appreciate you joining the show today. I want to remind folks that they can um, uh, that they can learn more about that campaign at your website, easybra.net, and it's the letter E, the letter Z, B-R-A dot net. Um, I also just want to take a moment to remind uh, our listeners about the Cancer Support Community. Um, we are a nonprofit organization with a, with a wide range of free services for all people uh, impacted by any kind of cancer. We have uh, centers around the country where you can go for support groups and, and navigation, educational programs, nutrition and exercise programs. Uh, we have a wonderful helpline um, where you can call us. I'm going to give you the number if you want to grab a pen. Uh, our uh, helpline number is 888 888- Seven nine three nine three five five. Again, that's eight 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 seven nine three nine three five five. You can call and speak to uh, one of our counselors if you need support, if you need navigation, uh, educational information, referral. We have a wonderful team uh, uh, ready to help you. We also have a wonderful online community called My Lifeline, uh, and you can find that at cancersupportcommunity.org. And it's a way for you to really set up your own. Uh, your own personal uh, webpage where folks can, you can post updates, uh, photos, videos, there's a helping calendar, Um, you can uh, load up some of our wonderful educational materials, you have quick access um, to the helpline and it's a way for you to keep all of your friends and family engaged and, you know, a lot of times those loved ones and caregivers want to find ways to support you as you're going through your cancer journey and this is a great way to help them do that and help them be a good friend and loved one and support person. So, uh, again, if you visit us at cancersupportcommunity.org, you can learn about all of our free uh, services or you can call us at 888-793-9355. Again, I want to thank you, Efrat, for joining us uh, on the show today. It was a wonderful conversation and hopefully some folks will check out easybroad.net to learn about how they can get involved and, and, and help someone in need. Uh, this is Frankly Speaking About Cancer. I'm Kim Tebaldo. Until next time, be well, do well, live well. Thank you for joining us for Frankly Speaking About Cancer with your host, Kim Tebaldo. We're here for you every Tuesday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. In the meantime, stay connected online at cancersupportcommunity.org. That's cancersupportcommunity.org.